Welcome to the Lady Beta Podcast. We're going to be talking about all things business growth, brain rewiring, and climbing from a holistic point of view. You can learn more about me and follow me over on Instagram at ladybeta.coaching and on my website, ladybetacoaching.com. You'll also find freebies for building your business, brain rewiring, and training for climbing. I am so excited to have you here. Let's dive in. Hello, welcome back to the podcast. I am again coming to you from my super professional closet office. Um, It does really have the best sound in here, so I'm excited that I finally found something that seems to work and sounds really good, and I'm excited to keep improving the podcast as well. I've really loved doing this over the last year. I think we're almost at 50 episodes, which is actually blowing my mind. I think I'm going to do something pretty special for episode number 50 and then also for the one-year anniversary as well, so stay tuned for that. Today, we're going to be talking all about projecting tech for sport climbing and how to actually climb harder with sport climbing and really be able to push your boundaries, push your limits, and hopefully send grades that you've never done before, things that you maybe didn't even think were possible or available to you. Really excited to dive into this because for me, I realized I had a very unique way of approaching hard sport climbs and you know, really talking to other people, I realized like, okay, I think I actually approach things you know, quite a bit differently than anybody else that I've ever talked to. And for me, I mean, that's that's pretty true in most areas of my life anyway. But for me to be able to share that with you guys, hopefully you're going to take a lot away from this as well. So some updates from me before we go ahead and get on into this. Elevate! I am so excited for this and I'm so excited for all of the women that have signed up for this program so far. Elevate is my 12-week climbing training program. So this combines training, nutrition, mindset, and hormone balancing and there's a huge, huge focus on mindset because it is the most important thing out of any of those. That is what is going to actually move the needle forward on your climbing the most, and that's a lot of what we're going to be talking about today with the projecting tactics as well. So for me to be able to include mindset in there to really set the foundation for everything that you're going to learn in the program, this is a female-specific program as well. So really making sure that all of the information that I provided in the course is going to be the most beneficial for you as somebody that lives in a female body, somebody that maybe has been a little bit forgotten about in the training information that we've been getting for years now. I am so proud of this program. Over 60 plus women have gone through it at this point, and I've run it quite a few different times. This time, however, it is a self-paced course, so you can go through it at your own time and speed. You can take as long as you want, as little as you want, and I really love being able to provide the homework and the PDFs that you can actually start to implement everything as well. There are two different options for Elevate that you can go with. The first is an option to just do the modules. So you're going to be learning all about the mindset. We talk about fear of falling, the comparison trap. We talk about body image, body comparison, all of that good stuff in there and how to really combat those things and leave the program with huge, huge increases in your feelings of self-worth, self-confidence, and the belief in yourself and your abilities. We also talk a lot about nutrition. We talk a lot about hormone balancing. And the other option is all of that information that I just said. And then you can actually add on a 12-week training plan as well. So this can either be done in the gym with equipment that you have access to, or this can be done at home with just a hangboard. And I actually give you access to both. So hint, hint, you can actually get six 
months of training plan from Elevate for just $200 for the add-on. I think it's really an exceptional price for this, but I wanted to make this program very accessible. There are also payment plans available as well, so you can get started right away. And the pricing on this is actually going to increase on Friday, June 11th. So if you're listening to this podcast episode on the day that it comes out, Thursday the 10th, you just have a little bit longer to snag the discounted sale price. Again, this program will be available at all times. You can sign up for it whenever you want, but it is on sale right now. Um, It might go on sale at various points in the year, but honestly, like I wouldn't wait. I would always get started on the goals and the dreams that you have right away versus waiting because the thing with waiting is like, if you don't start to take action, you're literally just pushing your dreams farther and farther away. And for me, when I really decide that I want something and really decide to go for it and take that action, that is the thing that moves me closer to my goals every single time. Even if I don't feel ready, even if I feel a little afraid, it's taking that action that really tells the universe like, hey, I'm ready for a change. What have you got for me? Let's just see, you know, how far I can push this thing and how far I can, you know, make this go essentially. So if you want to learn more about Elevate, I will link everything in the show notes. You can also go to ladybetacoaching.com slash elevate and you can learn more about all of the options, see all of the amazing testimonials from there. Seriously, like they are just like heart melting testimonials and I am so thankful to have worked with all of these women and so thankful to be able to put this information out there in the world and really see all the changes and things that people have taken away from the program. I actually just got a Instagram DM the other day about one of my grads that from 2020, how she just went out climbing for one of the first times in quite a few months, and she said her mindset was awesome. She was like, okay, normally I would have been, you know, right away stuck in that comparison trap. I would have spiraled, wondered what people were thinking about me, and she actually was able to have an amazing time climbing, and she accredited that to all of the tools and everything that she learned from Elevate, and those had stuck with her for over six months past the program. So when I say that mindset work is super important, like, I'm not kidding. It is so incredibly important because it's actually going to change the way that you think about yourself, your climbing, your relationship to climbing. Like, that's the most important part. It's it really does stick around. You're going to be able to use these tools for years to come. So again, I will link everything about Elevate in the show notes. You can learn more about that. And I'm really excited too, because towards the end of the month, towards the end of June, I'm going to be coming back out with my Fear of Falling Masterclass. So this time it's going to be pre-recorded so that again, kind of like Elevate, you can do it at any point in time. It's going to be going on sale towards the end of the month. And I'm super pumped about this. I ran this live about I want to say like six-ish weeks ago, maybe it was two months ago, and got such good feedback on it. It was almost three hours long. Oh my gosh, like it literally could have gone on that long, and it was just such a fun thing for me to facilitate, so I want to be able to provide that as a resource so that you can use it when you're right in the moment. There's going to be tons of journaling exercises, and I'm really excited for this to come back out, so stay tuned on news for that, and everybody that joins Elevate will get access to that masterclass for free included um, right after I record it. I'll be uploading it to Elevate, so you actually get that included in the price as well. I'm really, really pumped about this. Um, Overcoming the fear of falling for me has been one of those things that, like, it's just exponentially improved my climbing. Um, I actually was thinking about this the other 
day when I was climbing on my project, and it has this, like, top section that is actually horrifying. Um, most people end up skipping the last draw before the anchors because it is really hard to clip, and it is this, like, massive, almost 30-foot whip if you, you know, fall off on the crux, which I, I would argue is actually very difficult up there at the top, and there's a high percentage chance of falling. Um, thankfully, I was able to figure out a way to clip that that bolt. I'm pretty sure I made that even harder on myself, but I've taken that fall quite a few times and I'm like, oh yeah, like that didn't really bother me. Whereas before I'd worked on my fear of falling, I was like crying, having breakdowns all the time. And it was honestly just like not a fun time for me or my belayer. Um, and I swear people were like nose going, like who belayed me? Um, because they just like didn't want to deal with me being afraid of falling at the top, but it's gotten so much better now and I'm so thankful for it. And everything that I really learned and gained through that period of time working on the fear of falling for myself, I'm going to be putting into this masterclass, and I think it's just going to be such an amazing resource. I can't wait to get this out there, and I'm really, really pumped for this to exist in the world. Okay, so let's get on into projecting tactics to sport climb harder. So for me, when I really talk about projecting, and this we're going to apply it primarily to sport climbing, so lead climbing, um, you can apply some of this, I think, to bouldering, some of it to top roping if you want to, but I think the biggest application will be to sport climbing. So let's talk a little bit about why having a process in the first place is important. Projecting, it really is a process, and it takes time. Like, I cannot convey this enough to you. Like, if you are unwilling to put in a decent amount of time into a project that pushes your limits, like, I, you would be hard-pressed to actually expand your boundaries in that way, I think. And you're probably selling yourself short a little bit, too. And when I say time, I mean weeks, months, like things that actually feel like, wow, okay, I really put a lot of heart, soul, and effort into that. Because if you only ever put a few goes on anything, how do you ever know what you're capable of. Like, again, you're selling yourself short right there. So for me, I've heard so many people be like, well, yeah, I couldn't get it in like three tries or I couldn't get it in three sessions. And so I kind of just like moved on and tried something else. And I'm like, well, if you're truly trying to climb something at your limit, like it's probably going to be you know, months of effort. It might be multiple seasons of effort. Um, I know for me, when I climbed my first 513B, it was about three weeks of projecting. And for me, I'm pretty thankful that it went down relatively quickly, but that was three to four sessions a week and, you know, three to four burns per time. So honestly, like, and I was not able to do like most any of the moves when I first got on it. Like my first thought when I came down was like, wow, that's impossible. I'm not sure that's ever going to happen. You know, and this is really what's cool about the projecting process in the first place is you go from thinking, wow, this is impossible. Like, am I in over my head? To then once you send the thing, you're like, holy shit, I just made the impossible possible. And really seeing that change in yourself, for me, that is absolutely the coolest part of it. And again, like just a few sessions, it's not really enough to see if you can do it or not. And if you can do the moves in the first few sessions, it is not anywhere near hard enough for you. So if you can do the first, the, all of the moves, first session, not hard enough. You got to pick something else, especially if you're wanting to really push the grade for yourself. If you're able to do the moves in the first two to three sessions, mm, probably could still be harder. If you're really, really like wanting to see what you're capable of, I would still kind of like move on and pick something that challenges you a little bit more. So let's talk a little bit about picking a route. So in terms of, okay, I want this to be something that really expands me, really challenges me? Is it something that you want to be a completely new grade or level for you? Do you want there to be a certain 
scare factor in there? Do you want it to be a new style? Is it something that's really aesthetic and you're just drawn to it for whatever reason? We need something that is going to inspire you to try hard, something that is literally going to inspire you to give it everything. Because in the end, especially when you incorporate, you know, things like overcoming the fear of falling, for me, what it always comes down to when I actually do overcome that fear of falling is like, I care more about sending than I do about falling. And for me, the line, it has to inspire me. I think back on one of my absolute favorite routes that I've ever done. It's another 513B. It's called the Russian Arete. It's in Spokane, Washington. It is just this like terribly beautiful Arete line. And it is like so spooky when you first look at it because you're like, oh my God, I'm climbing this like thin little Arete the whole time. There's a lot of heel hooks. And for me, it was just this process of like, of course, the last moves are the hardest and it's like kind of run out and you're like, oh my God, like I'm super pumped at the end of this. And it really required literally everything to where when I got up there, I was certainly not thinking about the fall. All I was thinking about was like, get to the jug, get to the finished jug. Um, so for me, that was something that really pushed and expanded me. And other things that you want to think about. So in terms of, okay, like it's time to actually get on the project. Let's start to try it a little bit now. I would highly suggest having something like a dog draw available. Clip it on your harness. So a dog draw is actually just an extra quick draw that you can use to go in direct to the quick draws that are already up on the wall. And the reason that I say this is because your belayer will absolutely thank you um, so that you're not actually hanging on them the entire time. But you can also use this dog draw if you're indirect either into the quick draw or the bolt hanger itself. You can actually use this to clip up and then try moves that maybe feel a little bit too scary, spooky, or hard on lead. You can actually try those on a mini top rope. So for me, a dog draw is a non-negotiable. You can have something like a stick clip handy as well if you and your partner want to figure out how to get the stick clip up to you. Um, for me, I have the Trango, I believe it's the beta stick clip, and it actually has like a little hole in it so that you can attach it to a carabiner. I think it's absolutely brilliant. I've definitely used that in the last couple of weeks because I'm like, okay, that's a little bit run out. And, you know, I'm not necessarily trying to on-site this. I am trying to figure out these very difficult moves and I feel a little bit better trying them on top rope initially. So using that stick clip to clip up. And if you're not sure how to do this, there are definitely tutorials that you can search for on Google and on YouTube, and I'm sure those will be very helpful for you. So other things to really keep in mind. So do they have, do you have to hang your own draws or are there perma draws? Um, so for me, if I'm going to be walking up to something that just has bolt hangers, um, I'm probably going to commit to leaving my gear there for a, quite a while or until at least I send the route. Um, I do like climbing on perma draws, obviously to making sure that they are going to be safe for you to climb on. They're not rusted. You know, they're in good shape. They're relatively new. The upkeep is happening. So thinking about that as well, thinking about if you're willing to leave your gear or not, or if it's something that you're not really going to be coming back to too often. For me, I, when I project and get into project mode, I'm like, I'm coming here every single day until I do this thing. Like there are no others, there are no alternatives or other options. Um, I do tend to get rather like singularly focused. I'm not saying you necessarily have to, but for me, that's definitely what tends to happen is like that tunnel vision. So keeping in mind too, that you're not trying to send the route the first try up the wall. Like it's, literally too easy for you if you can do that. Like it's, it's too, the route is too easy for you in these terms when we're really trying to push grades and push boundaries. If you can make it up the wall the first time, um, especially if you on-site it. For me, I'm not a huge fan of on-siting. Um, maybe I'll change my mind after I go on a couple of sport climbing trips this summer. But for me, it's just like, wow, that's like really stressful. And I do just like projecting and I do like trying hard moves and feeling really, you know, safe and secure in that. And I think on-siting can be 
a really fun thing. Um, but I also like it's it's just not my focus. So not trying to send the route the first try up the wall. So give yourself that grace and that permission to say take, to really figure things out too, because especially if it is something that's harder than you've ever done before, there's probably gonna be a lot of micro beta in there. So for me, the first time that I try things, I am literally like staring at my feet. I'm like boring holes in the wall, staring at my feet, trying to get my brain to remember, here's the foot I used for this, here's the foot I used for this type of thing. Like, and it it takes a while. So make sure too that you notify your blayer, like, hey, is it okay if I work out the moves on this route? You know, it might be a little bit of a longer belay, but I'm more than happy to give you a long catch as well. Um, and just being like really clear and really upfront, you know, maybe before you even go to the crag about what your intentions are so that your belay partner's not like, oh my god, it's been like 45 minutes and now I have to warm up again. Um, that's also too why having something like a dog draw can be really helpful. And again, when I say dog draw, I just mean an extra quick draw, um, but it's it's so that you can hang hang on it and not have your belayer be totally suffering. So I would suggest taking at least four sessions, not four attempts, but four sessions on a potential project before you decide if you want to fully commit or not. So for me, I usually like to go with four because I am, I don't know what it is about me, but I, it's like sometimes I expect things to be easy and then when they're not, I get like a little bit upset and then I'm like, no, I don't want to work on this. I don't want to do that. It doesn't fit me. Um, I make all of these excuses and I'm like, oh wait, like actually the point of this is for it to be hard and it is for it to push me in a way. So be okay with taking a longer time to send things. If you truly do want to push your limits, it's going to take time and effort. So reminding yourself of that. And other things that you can do too is breaking the route down into sections. So pre or post crux, the crux section, you can do section one, two, three, etc. It also depends too on how long your route is that you picked. Um, it can be like seven sections, eight sections, whatever it is. I always end up kind of doing sections by clips. So it's maybe like bolts one through three, you know, four through six, whatever it is. Then the, there's the crux section, then there's the rest, and then there's the final piece. So once you have those moves figured out on the route, then you can try to start linking the sections. Again, like we're not trying to red point burn this all the time. It is going to take a couple of sessions if it's truly at your limit to really figure out those moves, figure out the micro beta and figure out what body positioning works and feels best for you. And once you have that dialed in, then you can start to try from the bottom. Um, but for me, it actually takes me a decent amount of time to get to that place where I feel like trying super hard from the bottom, um, especially if I don't have everything dialed in. So I really like doing things like, okay, I just, my goal today is literally to make it through the crux from the bottom, you know, and whatever happens after that, awesome. We'll see. Um, usually the routes that I pick, they have multiple cruxes and there's definitely multiple different spots where you can fall off. Um, so when I say make it through the crux and then get to the next section. It's not like it eases up. Um, it's definitely still very difficult and I could definitely still fall off. Um, it's also super pumpy. So setting kind of like mini goals for yourself can be very, very helpful. Maybe what you do is you're like, okay, I literally just want to figure out the crux today. Maybe I don't even necessarily have to do it clean, but I at least want to know what this will demand from me. And that can be really helpful as well. So making sure that you're not wasting a ton of energy just trying to do send burns until you have enough of those sections wired and figured out. Out, it is a waste of energy to do those full send burns every session unless you have things dialed. Um, this is exactly the same thing that I tell my clients that are trying to work on hard boulder problems. I'm like, no, 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 just work on the move that's hard for you. Like that, that will be the most beneficial thing for you always. Instead of always just trying to do it from the ground, you definitely need to make sure that you have that singular move or maybe it's a string of moves 
before then you try to do send burns. So with that, you can also try this tactic of low pointing the climb. So for me, this has been really helpful where essentially if you identify something like a crux in the route, you can climb it from one move below the crux. And then if that's successful, you can do two moves below the crux and repeat until you've actually built up a lot of confidence around the crux section. So for me on the route, one of the routes that I'm working on right now, it has a crux section around, I think it's like bolt five or six. So sometimes I'm able to to do it from the ground and sometimes I'm not. Um, it just kind of depends. It's it's a very demanding, very physical, um, very mentally, we'll call it that, mentally challenging route where you have to be very on it. Um, and there's definitely, you know, a risk for taking a whip if you're, if you do kind of like biff it in the middle of the crux. So for me, I definitely have to be very mentally prepared. But low pointing has felt really good because it's like, okay, if I can do it from the ground, awesome, then maybe I can start to push it a little bit higher um, and start to actually like push it one more move, one more bolt, you know, whatever it is. And for me doing this initially as well, when I was first working on the route about two years ago, so see what I'm saying here about like, be okay if it takes you a lot of time. Um, I had put a lot of effort into this route about two years ago, and then I'm just now returning to it again. Um, you know, it doesn't necessarily feel easier. Um, it feels more feasible, like it actually could go. Um, maybe not this season, you know, maybe it will, maybe it won't. It'd be absolutely rad if it did. I would be super stoked and elated, but, you know, I'm unattached to the outcome. I know it will happen when it's meant to happen, um, but I'm going to try really hard up until that point. But the first crux section um, was really difficult for me, so I really used that low pointing tactic of, okay, now I can actually climb through the crux, and I would actually purposefully go up to the two bolts below the crux, say take, and then see if I could challenge myself after a rest to climb through that crux section from that fourth bolt. And for me, that helped me build up a lot of confidence. And, you know, there's literally no shame in saying take. I know a lot of the times we're like, oh my God, like I gotta like push it, but it really is all about the confidence on hard sport climbs. Like just knowing that it's possible for you, like all of a sudden unlocks so many other things. Other things that you can look at for yourself is asking yourself, are you being the most efficient that you can be? So this is probably closer to when you're putting some send burns in, you know, micro adjustments, maybe your hips need to shift a little bit. Can you climb up and get into those positions and see where your body, your hips, your hand angles need to be in order for you to stick the hold? So really getting as detailed as possible for me, like I literally know the exact feeling that my bicep needs to be and the exact amount that my hand needs to open for one of the moves on my route. And like I am like a stickler for that. I'm like, nope, this is the body positioning. This is the one that I know that it works. So keeping that in the back of your mind and making these little micro adjustments if you need to can be super helpful. Other things, so once you've actually tried to, and we're in the red pointing process now, is checking your try hard. So similar to what I was saying before is like sometimes I catch myself expecting things to be easy and then literally have to remind myself that this is a hard climb, it's going to feel hard, and damn it, it should feel hard. Like this should be challenging, this is what I signed up for, this is what I wanted in the first place. I want something that demands, you know, everything from me. I want something that essentially like I can see what I'm made of um, and is going to bring that out of me. So check your try hard you know, are you just tired that day? Is it a low energy day? Is it a day where maybe you're still not recovered from your last session on it? Um, 
are you giving it everything? And for me, when I do get deep into project mode, I do tend to stop a lot of my extra training. I stop a lot of, you know, my climbing specific training. I stop a lot of my extra things like running, core workouts, you know, kettlebell workouts, whatever it is, just because like I literally want to save everything for that project. And I'm not saying to do this for months on end, but if you think and feel like you're getting really close, it might be worth it to give yourself that extra edge just to see how you feel. Because if you can recover just a little bit better and be a little bit more fresh for one of those burns, that might actually be the thing that helps you send the dang route. And, you know, that would totally be worth it in and of itself. Other things that you can use, so video analysis can be really, really helpful, so of yourself, and you can actually see, you know, especially if you're doing things like a red point burn, you can go up there, you know, do your burn wherever you happen to fall, take a little bit of a rest, and then pull on again and see if you can do the move successfully, and then I would go back and look at that video and compare, okay, what was wrong here, you know, or what can I do differently next time? Was I really just pumped, or was it body positioning? And that will help you build confidence around that as well looking at things like your cadence. So this is climbing slower or faster at certain points in time. Um, I watched this one guy climb a route before and he would climb super fast up to the rest and then he would rest there for like three minutes and then climb super fast again um, up until one of the cruxes and then climbed more slowly and deliberately up through the last part and section. So just know too that you can change the pace of your climbing throughout the climbing. You don't have to necessarily climb the exact same speed throughout everything. Um, especially if you're on something like jugs, you can usually climb a little bit faster faster than if you're on delicate techie crimps. One thing that I really also like is drawing a route map. Um, for me, you know, especially when the routes get 90 feet, 100 feet longer than that, like that's a lot of moves. You're really doing a lot of moves. Um, and something that has been very, very helpful for me has been drawing out the route and then literally giving all the holds a name. Um, I'm trying to think of names that I've given holds before, like the duck bill, the bread loaf, the lobster claw, like for me, it adds an element of fun and it actually feels a lot more lighthearted to do things that way because, you know, when you get into project mode, sometimes it can be like, wow, I'm really attached to the outcome. This is like super serious and like this is all I'm thinking about. It's like totally consuming. But giving, you know, some holds, some silly names, and then when you get to that hold, you're like, haha, that's the duck bill. I'm here. So literally drawing out on a piece of paper, you know, maybe you can draw a straight line. And there are examples of this on the internet. Um, and I am not an artistic person, so I'm not going to be a totally awesome example for this. But I think it can be really helpful to draw your route and draw all the little holds. You can draw left hand, right hand, left foot, right foot, whatever it is that you need to do. And that can be really helpful for the visualization process as well. So clearly labeling each hold and how you'll need to hit it. This is very, very helpful for those longer routes. And especially when you are doing your visualization practice. So maybe you're sitting there, you're closing your eyes, maybe it's before bed, and you're literally just like running through the route and essentially feeling in your body what it would feel like to hit all of those holds successfully and all of those holds, you know, from the bottom to the top in order to send it. So on Instagram stories last week, I asked if you had any questions around projecting and wanted to answer some of the ones that came in because they are really good. So first question is how to train for multiple projects if they require different skills you need to work on and how not to overdo it. This is such a great question and for me can be a really useful approach to projecting as well. And so you don't get that tunnel vision. And so it doesn't feel like this heavy thing that you're like completely, you know, essentially attaching yourself 
worth to if you have other things to work on as well. So training for multiple projects, um, I at least hope they would be like two sport climbing projects. For me, it is really, really hard to work on sport climbing and bouldering at the same time. That's just me personally. You know, you don't necessarily have to take that on as your truth, but I do tend to switch completely over when I switch. Um, so for me, I've been sport climbing only for the last three weeks and I will switch back to bouldering only um, probably somewhere around August or September for the fall bouldering season. So training for multiple projects is really looking at, okay, am I okay with potentially taking a little bit longer to send both of these but enjoying the process a little bit more because that can absolutely be worth it. So once you have that honest conversation with yourself and just knowing like, okay, if I did pick one of these, it would probably accelerate the sending on one of those projects versus if I'm going to pick to focus on both of these and spread my time out a little bit more between the two, then yeah, it might take a little bit longer to send both of these. So if they have different skill sets, so let's say one is really overhung and it is super thuggy, super powerful, and the other one is a little bit more delicate, I would personally go for the one that suits your wheelhouse the best. I would focus in your time and energy on that so that you can actually gain confidence from that to then take into that thuggier route. Um, but I would also make sure that you are spending enough time on something that isn't maybe your favorite thing, it's not your style, it's your weakness, whatever it is, so that you still keep that skill set fresh. So in terms of not overdoing it, this is a really important question because I think we are pretty conditioned to the, oh, more is better type of mindset when no, more isn't better, more is just more a lot of the times. And especially with things like exercise, you know, our bodies, they only know that stress is stress. Exercise is stress, emotional stress is stress, and it doesn't necessarily care where the stress is coming from. It's still just perceiving it as stress. So I think it's super important to kind of check in with your body. And if you are in hardcore project mode, like, do you maybe need two days off instead of just one day? Like, really checking in with yourself and then honoring that because your body, it is going to get tired, especially when you are working things at your limit. Next question, I thought this one was really fun, is if I have a lucky piece of clothing or gear. So I do not actually, um, I used to, and I had to like break myself of that habit because I was like totally dependent on it um, to send and then realize that like, hey, this actually doesn't work that many times out of um, out of all the times that I'm trying this thing. But I, I kind of go for more of like a feeling. I really like being in this place of, I'm gonna try really hard, but I'm also unattached to the outcome. So that for me feels really lucky. And some days I wake up in that mindset and it's a little bit more um, prevalent than other days, but I do not have a lucky piece of clothing or gear. So third question, and this is the last question, is how do I keep my mentality fresh between burns? How do I know when it's time to stop? Okay, so keeping your mindset fresh between burns, maybe you fell off, you know, wherever, maybe it was low, maybe you got a high point, whatever it was. So essentially just reminding yourself like, okay, that go, you know, whatever it was, that go is going to stay there and I'm going to move forward from this and that go doesn't necessarily have anything to do with me or how this next attempt is going to go. So kind of like unattaching yourself from however that that go went. It's kind of similar to, let's say, if you were to do a competition and you were to get into finals and have multiple different boulder problems that you're trying, you really can't let your performance on the previous boulder affect you going into the next one, you know, if you did well or if you didn't do quite as well as you wanted to, because all that's left 
left is to perform in that moment. You know, that's all that's all essentially that matters. It didn't really matter what you did in the in the past or what you're going to do in the future. It just matters right now in this moment. So just remind yourself of that as well and, you know, keep things lighthearted. Go sit in the sunshine if that's something that feels good for you if it's not too incredibly hot out. And honestly, I would say just drink some water and try to relax as much as possible. And for knowing when it's time to stop, for me, the time that I stop with projecting is when it is not fun anymore. Um, If I am kind of like having those breakdowns, if I feel really emotionally attached towards the route and it is like honestly just like totally defeating me and it's actually negatively affecting my self-confidence, that for me is a really big sign that like, no, 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 it's time to stop and reevaluate and remember that we're doing this in the first place because climbing is meant to be fun. And I do think that pushing our limits and trying really hard can be fun. But I think, you know, the moment that that fun stops, it's like, well, what are we really doing here? Like, what's the point of this? So for me, you know, that might be a couple of weeks. It might be a couple of months. I remember two years ago when I was working on one of my projects that I've now returned to, I really, like, I set a date and I was like, okay, it's going to be like August 18th. And if I haven't done it by then, like, I'm going to be okay walking away from it. And I tried really hard up until that point, just couldn't make it happen. And I was okay walking away because I know that I gave it my everything. I gave it my all. And when I did end up walking away, I was like, you know what? It'll still be there. Um, You know, two years from now, five years from now, whatever it will be. And that does not define me. It does not define my self-worth. And what I really realized is it took me a long ass time. It probably took me almost two years to recover from that projecting process because I was in it so intensely. And I really didn't want to commit to longer term projecting for a while after that because I think I stayed in that period for too long to where it was like I was, you know, kind of like overanalyzing everything in my life. Like I was like, oh, my diet, my sleep, you know, my training, whatever it was. Like it was just getting to be too much for me. So for me, when it starts to like affect my life and how I live it, that is when I know how to walk away. Okay, that is all I have for you this week. I hope that you found this podcast episode helpful. I would love to hear it if you want to leave a rating and review about the show. And if you have not done so already, it really helps me. And again, I'm going to do something special for episode 50. I'm really excited. I cannot believe that it has been this long that I've been doing the podcast. It's crazy. This is just like a total pipe dream um, about like a year and some ago. And I, it's just been so cool to see this come to life. So tag me in your Instagram. Instagram stories. If you listen to this episode, I would love to hear what you think and I cannot wait to speak with you again next week.